Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's Believe in Tiger Woods on the Believe Podcast Network. And now, here's your host, Cam Rogers. And welcome into the Tiger Woods Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your guy, Cam Rogers, coming at you. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a fun show on tap. We have Bridget Whalen coming on the program later. We have a breakdown of the Presidential Medal of Freedom and the criticisms that have been surrounding Tiger and the whole event. I will give my thoughts on that. And of course, we have the PGA Championship upon us. Beth Page Black is coming and the Grand Slam is in play. But before we get into all of that, folks, be sure to leave a nice review, preferably five stars. It certainly means a lot. When you guys provide your feedback, hit me up on social media, on Twitter, at MrRogers99, on the gram, at MrRogers98. So get that done. And folks, I am very excited to say that I will be making some radio stops throughout the United States, doing some interviews with a bunch of stations, getting everybody set for the PGA Championship. So I'll have more information on that on Twitter. So stay tuned there. Got some stuff booked across the continental United States already and more are coming. So very excited to kind of dip into other areas of Tiger Woods analysis going through the regular radio channels along with this podcast as well. So pretty pumped about that. All right, so let's get into the big story of the week because I will do a big PGA Championship preview next week, so I will not talk too much about the tournament on this show. So the big story, of course, from Monday, Tiger Woods receiving the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Full stop. On the surface... This is great, right? This is awesome. Tiger Woods is getting, and now has, the highest civilian honor. But, as with anything political, criticism flows in. So, Tiger Woods, the fourth golfer in history to get the award. Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicklaus, and Charlie Sifford are the others. Sifford actually was somebody that Woods called the grandpa he never had. But like I said, with anything political, there is no winning. So if Tiger Woods rejects the invitation to go to the White House, what happens? Criticism. If Tiger Woods accepts the invitation, like he obviously did, what happens? Criticism. It's the classic reactionary type of society that we live in. So I will give you guys a couple of examples here of the criticism for Tiger. And at the end of the day, it is up to you to decide whether or not it is warranted. But I will give you my opinions, and hopefully you guys hear me out. And of course, I want to hear you out. So be sure to hit me up on social in regards to this. Example number one. So a Baltimore Sun editorial said, quote, Mr. Woods has made his choice. 
and part of his legacy will be embracing a man who incited bigotry and racism, regularly demonizes minorities, and emboldens those who hate. That's one example. Another example, Rick Riley, the author of, quote, Commander in Cheat, How Golf Explains Trump, told the New York Times that Woods accepting the Presidential Medal of Freedom, quote, puts a big stain on the golfer. Now, this is not the first time Tiger Woods has been criticized in conjunction with President Trump. Woods was asked about Trump back in 2018, and he probably said the most apolitical response possible. He said that, you should at least respect the office of the President of the United States. And guess what? He got criticized for it. So here is the bottom line in terms of this story. I want you all to just do me a favor. Remove Trump. Remove Donald J. Trump from this situation. Just pretend he does not exist for a second. Just envision the office of the President of the United States, the most powerful office in the world, inviting Tiger, who just completed an incredible comeback, to the White House. Of course, Tiger Woods would say yes to that literally throw politics out the window and just look at the foundation of what this really is. The highest office out there sending an invitation and a golfer accepting that invitation. That's all it is. If the president of the United States said, quote, hey, I want to give you an award. Will you come to the White House? Would you just say, Well, depends on what party you belong to. Of course not. You would be jumping for joy. An opportunity to visit with the most powerful person in the world. So, no matter Tiger's decision here, he would have gotten flack, as I said at the top of the show. That's just the political landscape that we live in. There is the argument, like I mentioned, that Trump may be doing some sort of advertisement for the Trump Organization, which has some business ties with Tiger Woods. Okay, I get it. Definitely a possibility. But what's the point of even going that route? The main takeaway here, for me, is that why do we waste our energy getting mad and criticizing something that is in the past, it has already happened, and is cemented. Look, I get it. You want to get some retweets. You want to get some likes. You want some clicks. You want to sell newspapers. I get it. I totally understand, you know, the media is a beautiful thing, and everybody has a right to their own opinion. But... Why get bogged down in it? Like, this is the same logic I used with Colin Kaepernick. Well, 
Why are you getting mad about something that literally has no effect on you? Talking about Kaepernick kneeling during the national anthem. Why are you getting mad about that when it literally does not affect your life? Like, does Kaepernick kneeling during the anthem make you less enjoy the football game that's about to be played? Of course not. Does Tiger Woods visiting with President Trump affect your daily life in any way, shape, or form? Of course it does not. So why are we even getting so riled up about this when, from an individual standpoint, there is no effect on you? You know what I mean? And I will continue to side with Kaepernick in terms of doing whatever he wants because it has no effect on me. If I go to a football game and I see somebody kneeling, I'm like, okay. That's literally how I feel. Because if I want to stand for the anthem, I can. It's not like Kaepernick is holding me against my will saying, no, you need to kneel. No. He's doing what he wants. I'm doing what I want. And we all move on. So can we all just move on from this Tiger Woods, Donald Trump, presidential ceremony, please. If you make the argument that this tarnishes Tiger's legacy, you just have not been paying attention. He's got a foundation. He's helping underprivileged kids get education. He transformed the game. He's done so much for the game of golf, maybe more so than any other person. Now, I'm not here to argue whether... Tiger deserves the award, that's for you to decide and for you to kind of think about because that's just a whole other thing. Because this award is totally up to the President of the United States. Oprah Winfrey won one. Think it back to Bruce Springsteen, he won one. Joe Biden as well. So, I mean, who am I to say whether they deserve that? I mean, I think they do. I think they're all fine people. I think they've all done great jobs in their respective industries. So I'm no expert in this. So I'm not going to say, you know, that they shouldn't have gotten the award. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the event happened. It's in the past. There's no point in tossing out criticism because it won't change anything. It's done. It's over with. So at the final point here in this discussion... Can we all just relax a little bit? If you are no longer a Tiger Woods fan because he visited the office of the President of the United States to get the most highly regarded award in civilian life, you were never a Tiger fan to begin with. So there you go. Those are my thoughts there on that situation. I'm just, you know, completely forgetting about the political side of all of it. It's the fact that Tiger got this amazing recognition from the most powerful person in the world, and that's all we should really analyze, not the undertones of everything else, because at the end of the day, we just don't know, unless we go interview Tiger and the president and get some answers. But that will never happen. So let's all just stop stressing, please, and appreciate the greatness that is before us. And one final point, actually, if I may. 
because I make the same argument about Tom Brady and all those Patriot haters out there. I am not a Patriots fan. Not at all. Baltimore Ravens, Baltimore Orioles, Baltimore all the way. But for the people who just waste their energy hating a guy who is absolutely incredible at his respective sport, it's just crazy to me. Like, why not sit back and enjoy the greatness that is before you? If your team is not in the Super Bowl, wouldn't you want somebody like Tom Brady there so you can enjoy the entertainment? Just because you have a hat in the ring, if you will, if you're a Raiders fan or a Ravens fan or whatever the case, doesn't mean you can't appreciate the other talent that is out there in this world, Tom Brady being one of those people. It goes back to why waste your energy kind of thing. So there you go. All right, folks, we're going to toss it to my interview with Bridget Whalen. She has many years of experience at the Golf Channel. She is very involved in the golf industry. She knows Brandel Chamblee very well, has some good relationships with golfers on the PGA Tour. It was a fun conversation here on the Tiger Woods Podcast. Bridget Whalen on the Tiger Woods Podcast right now, fresh off some swimming laps right now. Bridget, how'd those go? They're good. It's pretty warm down here in Orlando, but you know, got to get it in. <laughs> there you go. By the way, you mentioned that you're an avid runner. So did we get that in today as well? We did. Running is first thing in the morning. That's like a 6 or 7 a.m. type deal. Oh my gracious. All right, there we go. All right. So your gram says that you're a plant-based runner. So where are we at on the spectrum? Are we a vegan? Are we a vegetarian? What's the deal? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. We are not a vegan. Okay. I am, I'm kind of anti that word. Um, I go with plant-based and I try my best to be plant-based, but I slip up more often than not. I do love the animals though. So I try my hardest for the animals and the environment. There's no really political backing to it. Just mm. sort of want to eat clean for my body. And I'm, I try to be an athlete the best I can. So I think eating clean and plant-based is the way to go. Hey, we are pro animals here on the Tiger Woods <laughs> podcast. So this is perfect. Were you an athlete in college, by the way? So that's an interesting story. Um, I was really sick in college. So I initially was going to school for running, but I Got never it. competed. It's actually a... Something that if I ever get to do life over again, my number one thing is to be a stellar collegiate athlete. That is the one do-over I wish I could have. I see races all the time, college races, and literally they just pull at me so badly. <laughs> well, Bridget, if only you were an intramural flag football B-league quarterback at the University of Maryland, you would have peaked in life, just like yours truly. So there you go. All right. Hey, that's a pretty good claim to fame. <laughs> oh yeah. It's on the resume, totally on the LinkedIn and all that. All right. Let's get into a little tiger here, Bridget. So let's start things off with that ceremony on Monday, of course, with Tiger Woods earning the presidential medal of freedom from president Trump. I want to just get your on the surface reactions to the whole event. Sure. Um, okay. So I think if you, saw a photo of that like I don't I'm just gonna say 2016 I'm gonna go to the freshest incident and if someone showed me a photo of Tiger Woods and 
Donald Trump standing next to each other like that, I'd be like, this is what, what, what is this? Like, I don't even know what this is. Yeah. Total Photoshop. The, the visual, the optics of that was just, honestly, it's, it's still kind of weird. It's just, it was so weird as a tiger fan. It, it, it was amazing, but as just like someone who has been following his um, career, legacy, whatever you want to call it, it, it definitely was a little out of bounds. It was crazy. It's crazy. It was and definitely also, surreal. Oh, totally surreal. And the, the ribbon being not straight was, was definitely annoying. That <laughs> We had to wait until Tiger's mother, Tita, came up. She had to fix it. That's how long. The, the myriad of images that are out there with the, the curled ribbon are frustrating, to say the least. So, as you know, with anything in politics, Bridget, there will be criticisms. And honestly, this was a lose-lose situation for Tiger. If he rejects it, well, then he gets flack for that. If he accepts the invite, he gets flack for that. He ends up getting criticism from a lot of people out there about going to this White House ceremony. And maybe some criticisms are more warranted than others, such as the business ties to the Trump Organization and whatever. But I mean, at the end of the day, what are your thoughts on these criticisms? And do you think, like I should, people should just kind of relax a little bit here? Yeah, I mean, the guy transformed golf. Right. I, like, I, I honestly, I, you could, I, I honestly think the criticism is primarily due to Trump giving him the award. That's, right. that's it. Um, I think, uh, like, I think he was the fourth golfer to earn the distinction, I'm pretty sure, and, yep. and certainly the youngest. But he is the m- most appropriate earner of, of that award. Like, I, I, I don't see any criticism. The comeback that captivated the sporting world, come on. He deserved it. It's deserved. By the way, greatest comeback in sports history in your mind? Oh, absolutely. Greatest comeback for a human. Mm. <laughs> like, wow. I don't care about up. an athlete. Yeah, honestly, I really, to go back to like the Thanksgiving incident, the uh, sleeping pills, DUI, whatever you want to call that, just those things fundamentally as a human is hard to come back from in the public eye. The fact that he is still gaining fans in 2019 is astounding. It's honestly astounding. I've been a fan forever, whether I agree with personal things that he's done or choices that he's made that that doesn't matter I hate when people always say how can you be a fan of Tiger he's such a a bad person like that's irresponsible for you to say have you met the guy no have I met the guy no am I a fan of him a lifelong fan yes do like is that because I think he's a stellar athlete probably that's the biggest thing but I think as a human he is so inspiring and just, he's a true legend like that. I know that's a grandiose thing to say, but in my opinion, he is a true legend. I don't think it could be more applicable to anybody in golf aside from maybe Jack about being a true legend here. And you're absolutely right about the whole personal side of things. You know what it is, Bridget, at the end of the day, why Tiger Woods has so many freaking fans. It's our, our personal drive to be entertained. Who entertains us more in the game of golf than Tiger Woods? There is nobody. I'm sorry, Jordan, Rory, Jason, Justin, Dustin. It does not matter. It's Tiger at the end of the day. I mean, you look at the numbers. 
the Masters ratings were absolutely up the wazoo. So it's almost like Tiger is indestructible in a way and such a huge piece to this golf pie, if you will, that, you know, I just think that people can look past some of the personal issues as if you yourself haven't had problems in your life. Like, let's be real. We all have our issues. Right. And I think um, the biggest thing for me is when Tiger was absent from the sport, like you brought up Jordan Spieth, so we'll just use him as an example. He goes and he wins the Masters in 2015, and then, boom, he wins the U.S. Open. And what does the entire golf world want to pin him as? The next Tiger Woods. Right. Which is wild. We are always searching for someone to fill the Tiger void. And I, you brought up Jack Nicklaus. He also – he was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And I read his tweet so heartfelt honestly I believe that Jack is a real big fan of Tiger for what he has done for the sport but also as a human I do think that they're very friendly and he said his impact and his his ability to inspire and like draw people to golf is really so unmatchable and no one will ever do it there's no one who will ever do it Tiger Woods is just a once in a lifetime type of player that golf was gifted with and that we should be thankful that we had the joy of watching him play the game going back into the instagram archives for you here bridget back when it was carnoustie 2018 see i do my research here your caption said if you are a true sports fan you're rooting for tiger all right so he wins the masters instead and was it in general everything you hoped for so it was kind of weird. I, I had a weird conflicting moment watching the Masters, and I watched it alone. I watched every round by myself. I watched pre-round coverage by myself. I, um, I really didn't deviate from just focusing on the television. I think on Sunday was the only time that I was texting back and forth with my friend Savannah. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I was really just dialed in. And when he, on like the whole – experience was amazing to see him he's a different human he's just he plays golf differently his affect is different everything is different he used to be a machine on the course like the guy was so zoned in to playing golf and just like bashing people and beating people the best he can and just being so dominant to see him be kind of jovial and like laughing and I mean the guy bogey the final hole do you think he would have ever done that in the early 2000s no tiger needed to make par or better on every single hole no matter what he wanted to win by i mean he did win by 15 he wanted to win by so much he's just a different guy for me the whole experience was just wild because i almost didn't want it to happen like i wanted this sort of like moment of there's the possibility that he's going to win again, like have that happen over and over again. It's kind of like, you don't want Christmas Eve to end. You don't want Christmas morning to come. You want that extension. Yeah. It was so weird. Like I was so emotional, but I was almost like, I don't want him to win because I don't want this to end. But when he won, I like, I, I cried. I, I, I'm going to own up to it. I don't care. I've been waiting. I was going to ask you as a follow-up. So long. Oh, yeah. I have been waiting so long to see him win. To win the Masters was otherworldly. I don't know if I got so emotional when he won the Tour Championship. I, I, 
I was at work. I was like, I did the, um, I did the comeback essay that was going to be released when he won, whether it was his next major or his next tour event. So I was really zoned into like getting that essay in tune and ready to air. Cause it was going to air the second after the tour championship. So Hashtag I don't content. know if I could, I know. I don't know if I really enjoyed the tour championship win. Plus that field's so small. It just, it didn't seem like it was awesome. Don't Agreed. get me wrong, but it was kind of like, it was ceremonial almost. It wasn't like, eh, like, yeah, come back. It was more like, wow, like he did it. Like, I, I don't know. It had a different vibe. But when he won the Masters, the, also like the way that it happened, that Sunday was wild. Just everything together, it was more than I could have imagined. Something that to this day, I don't know if it really seems tangible and real because it was so wild the turn of events that back nine like on 12 when Fino and Molinari it was, it was 12 right they were hitting in the water and you're like what is happening like the golf gods are just shining down I, I think today like um, Tiger he sat down with Henny Zool recently and he said he'll look over at the couch and he'll see his green jacket right. just lying there and it's sort of like a, a mental reminder like holy cow I won I kind of need like my own little poster that the Tiger Woods 2019 Masters champion and hang it somewhere because to me, it's still not totally a reality. You want to talk about Tiger's resume here of major championship wins and the emotions behind them. You can go back to 2006 at Royal Liverpool winning the Open Championship after Earl passed away. You can go back to 97 winning the Masters, of course, maybe the U.S. Open by 15 strokes. But Bridget, I think you might agree with me on this. The 2019 Masters is the highest held major win in Tiger's eyes because of his kids, because his kids now know daddy can play golf and at a very high level. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's so different. I think he has said it, and I think he would agree to the sentiment that he wanted to get back out on the course. A big portion of that was to show his kids, you know, dad is an excellent golfer and show them in real time. He talks about all the time how they've seen it on YouTube and been exposed to it through other mediums, but to actually witness it and see dad so joyful right. and so proud of himself, is kind of like a really cool thing to do for your kids. So I think that this win uh, was really everything that Tiger wanted to happen. All right. So we are clearly very nostalgic people living in early <laughs> April here, but Hey, Let's look ahead to next week here, Bridget, huh? The PGA Championship, Beth Page Black. Mm -hmm. What do you think about old Tiger's chances in New York? Uh, I'm not a fan of the Grand Slam talk. I think oh, it's silly. come on. Have some fun. I know. I, I want, want to have fun, but I think it's totally silly. Even Tiger himself hasn't done it in the full calendar year. Yeah, in 2000, 2001, he did the Tiger Slam, but it's so wild and, and outlandish. I also, I don't know about Tiger at Bethpage. I know he won the Open there in 2002, and I think he had a top five in, when it came back in 09. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, but that was 10 years ago. His back's fused now. Bethpage is a bear of a course. I mean, the iconic warning sign I think everyone is familiar with. Mm -hmm. And the rough there 
is wild. I was talking to my brother the other day because my brother has played Beth Page, and um, he said it's the type of course that if you hit it in the rough, you find your ball by stepping on it. <laughs> so my view of that is Tiger's back hitting at a gnarly rough. I feel like if he doesn't hit the fairway, he's going to be punching out a lot, and that's going to be penalizing. Also, this course favors the long guys, well, long straight guys. And I know that it's very apropos of me to say I like the, the Rory's and the DJ's and the Brooks, but I do. I think that I'll probably go with Brooks for this. I'll go with the defending champion, Brooksy, as Tiger would say. I'm going to go with Laying down the prediction right here on the podcast. I love it. All right. Want to get to something that our guy, Brandel Chambly, actually recently said about Tiger, saying that there are only two golfers who could compete with Tiger as being best in the world, Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson. I want to get your reactions on Brandel's statement there. I'm a little behind it. I think that Rory, uh, Dustin, yeah, I, I mean, I would, I don't know. I, I, Brooks is a three-time major champion. So I think leaving him out is a little shady, but I get it because Rory at the height of his game, Rory McIlroy is pretty unbeatable. That guy at his best is stellar. He's, he's wild. Dustin too. I think if Dustin has all cylinders firing, he is unbeatable. Like, Honestly, so I do kind of agree with Brandel. I like those two guys. If you're going to put them in the echelon of Tiger Woods, I might also go with those two guys. I like what he said. I like Brandel. I like his insight. I know a lot of people think they says things to be controversial. I don't think he does. I think he says what he believes, and I kind of go with him on this one. At, at their, if all things are on high, 100%, I'm going to agree. Okay. There you go. Hey, I think he really did base that statement off of the iron game. He really is a fan of strokes gain approach. And so he really zoned in on Rory and Dustin Johnson there, which makes sense. Both those guys are premier iron players. So, yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with him as well. I think you have to somewhat give credence to Justin Thomas, a guy we haven't mentioned yet who is elite in these statistical categories. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens going forward. A lot of momentum here with Tiger as we enter this later part of the season here. So we have Beth Page. And since you mentioned it, I do want to just quickly entertain the Grand Slam discussion here, Bridget. Hear me out, all right? Because Beth Page, yeah, he's a former winner there. T4 finish in 2009. Then you have the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach, where he historically <laughs> won. Then you have the Open Championship at Royal Portrush, which... Literally nobody alive has played before because the last time it hosted an Open was like 1957. But Tiger is, in my opinion, built for the Open Championship here in this 2019 body, if you will. So are you just going to completely write it off? Or are you going to give like a .0002% chance or something? Yeah, I mean, I, I like him to win the Open. I'll go with that. I'll give okay. you that. I say he wins two majors this year. I say he wins at Port Rush. Like you said, we don't know what kind of player that favors. He's won the Open three times. Um, last year at Carnoustie, that shot, uh, the bunker on 10, is probably my favorite shot within the past, I don't know, while. 
I've watched it a ton of times. The recoil is insane. I think that over pond, if you say, um, creativity of playing there, it's not normal. There's a lot of like bumps and runs, stingers, shots you wouldn't play in the States, a lot of visualization. I think that that characterizes Tiger's game. And I think that Port Rush is probably not that long of a course, so also going to favor him. So I'll go with the Open. I say he wins the Open. I'll give you that. Two majors in 2019. That's right. pretty epic. We're halfway there. I like it. Maybe by July you'll be like, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, the tournament would already be over, but whatever. Anyway, um, want to talk about actually from an industry standpoint, golf TV, because I find this incredible. I actually talked about it on a previous episode, how they are really doing a great job of partnering with these golfers, particularly Tiger Woods, taking us inside their lives, if you will, in a way in which we have never really seen before. Just how big do you think golf TV is going to get? Because I think this thing has a lot of steam to it. It's going to be the biggest thing. I think it's going to explode. I don't know when it's going to explode, but it's going to explode. What they're doing is, so unprecedented to part like they partnered with Molinari recently it is so cool so nouveau so like on the cusp I really think that golf tv will be the biggest thing in golf media within the next I'll say seven years I want to say five but I'm not sure I know that there's some PGA tour right deals that are going up and I know that's going to happen soon so we'll see. I'm really behind golf TV. I think that what they're doing is really cool. Couldn't agree more. We'll see what happens going forward with that. All right, let's get back to you here, if I may, because I have not even asked the question, the elephant in the room, do you golf? And do you golf regularly? I don't. <laughs> Shocker. No way. Um, yeah, no. I never really picked up the sport. My brother uh, is a big-time golfer, and growing up, sort of always looked up to him as an older brother wanted to do everything that he did so golf became a big part of my life watching golf became a big part of my life but I am not a player this is very interesting mini golf top golf anything <laughs> no mini golf I play I've done top golf once I wish I I wish I could play golf a little more I think that I have an, a natural ability and talent but Never really pursued it. Yeah, I'll like hit balls on the rain. I'm not totally void of playing golf in my life. I've played around before, but as an avid player of the game, not me. I'm sort of all other sports. <laughs> so you're not one of those hashtag Instagram golf influencers throwing up golf swings on video every day on the gram, huh? That ain't you? Absolutely not. Not the nope, brand? No. Nope. That is, that is not on brand with who I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not yet. I'll never say Ooh, never. But oh, nope. okay. <laughs> That's too bad, though. I was going to actually challenge you to a Tiger-Phil-like match where we get pay-per-view involved. <laughs> we'll get Bleacher Report live to broadcast it. I think it'd be great for ratings, but you don't even play. Unreal. We could do, like, a sprint. Oh, 100 okay. meter. All 400, right. 400, 800-meter sprint. We'll do that. Okay, and then uh, – all right. I like where we're at there. Usain Bolt can be the broadcaster for it. It'd be perfect. Sure. There we go. All right. By the way, actually, what is your mile time? I want you to be on record in telling me this. Like right now? Yeah, right now. So if you challenge me to a one mile right now, I could That's probably do like a, 
Yeah, I could do a sub six. Ooh, that's tough. In my heyday, I could do a sub five. So no way. That's, For real? That's pretty embarrassing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could probably sustain like a, a 550 for like a 5K a few years ago. Interesting. No more. That's I know. Something. I need to get back at it. I haven't trained in a while. So maybe that'll, that'll be something I'll work towards after this conversation. Yeah, there you go. This is the catalyst for it. You know, I'm thinking back to the last time I timed myself, and I think it might have been a 550, I want to say, and that was a couple of years ago. And it has been cutting season for the last two years for me because I don't eat any sugar, no sugar added lifestyle, folks. So maybe I'm even faster now. Who knows? Just saying. I'm going to have to time myself and then report back to you on it so we can kind of get some kindling here on the challenge. Okay, I'm up for it. I'm definitely not a no sugar type person. I think I live off of chocolate, but well, I'm sort of insane. Like I'm like literally crazy. Like I get salads when my friends get you know Chick Fil A or something. Like my friends will be like, Cam, one day I'm gonna like nail you down and shove donuts down your throat. And it's like, well, that's great. It's great to hear from a friend. I appreciate that. So, you know what? It is what it is. So okay, support. Yeah, yeah it's support. great support. Oh, it's awesome. So veering off even further here. You say you're not much into TV, so obviously I have to ask you, does that mean you don't watch Game of Thrones? I do not. I am oddly not really a TV person. I like the reality shows. I think they intrigue me. I love Bravo. That's about it. Okay. So, you know, the junky stuff on TV. Yeah, it's kind of like mind-numbing for me. And I actually really love the production value of Bravo TV shows. I think it is great. I think Andy Cohen sort of took something and ran with it, and I am a fan. All right, there you go. So I end every interview with the same question. So I will pose it to you here. You waltz into a bar. You see Tiger Woods sitting at a bar, open chair right next to him. You have one question to ask him. What is it? I think I kind of touched on this a little bit. Okay. But the one thing, and it, this question that I would ask Tiger has changed over the years. So right now, today, as I said, he's not the same person as he was when he was winning everything in the 2000s. He never used to smile. He was very locked in. And now he's more human. But clearly, he's proved he can still win. So I would ask him how his on-course persona has changed since the early 2000s. He was like a robot. Right. The way he walked, the way he would swing, it was such determination. And it would literally never turn off in, until he won. You would not see anything else than that until he won the tournament. So in his eyes, how would he view that change? Has he see himself not being as intense but still having that killer instinct? And I, I don't know if it's 100% his kids. I'm sure that they factor in. I know that the gap of talent back then was a lot larger. So winning by the crazy amounts that he did probably won't happen again. But I feel like the personality of everyone who has been great has only been sort of like one personality. Like Ben Hogan, he wasn't going to be your pal. He's right. not going to talk to you. And the same was kind of with Jack. He wasn't out there to be your friend. But then Arnie came along, and Arnie was like the man of the people because he was sort of the opposite of Jack. And Sam Sneed, too. Every photo of Sam Sneed, he has that 
grin on his face. He's smiling. They were jokesters. They were loved and they weren't human machines and they had large fan bases. So I think Tiger has gotten more fans recently because he's not so mechanic. He's kind of more like Phil, which I don't know if Tiger would appreciate me saying that. Yeah, I don't know. I know, but his personality is much closer to Phil now than it ever was. And we all love Phil. He's such a goofball. So that would be my question to Tiger. I just want to know, like, what what happened there? Like, what was the change and, and how did it come to be? Bridget Whalen joining the Tiger Woods podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Future loser of the Cam Bridget Sprint Challenge. So remember that, ladies and gentlemen. Hit her up on social at Bridget K. Whalen. Bridget, thanks so much for taking the time. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I love talking tigers. So this is fun. So that's going to do it for me here on the program. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Really love the energy so far with this show. Again, the only show completely dedicated to the guy who's going to win the Grand Slam in 2019, baby. Cam Rogers signing off. I'm going to Miami tomorrow. So with that, producers, hit it. Yeah, 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 uh, Miami. Talk to you guys next week. Big time PGA Championship breakdown. Stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.